Are you looking for a new basketball shoe? If so, this is Gary Parrish here to tell you that the New Balance 2-Way V4 features the groundbreaking use of fuel cell technology with fresh foam creating the ultimate combination of rebound and cushioning. Every step feels explosive and dynamic, and the upper construction features a lightweight textile that's supportive and breathable. So whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the 2-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the 2-Way at newbalance.com. Okay, live mailbag. So we're going to take questions in the chat. We've got some that were already asked on Twitter. KB ditch the hat? Sure. Why not? Uh, before we get to the basketball questions, though, I got to say something. And thank you for everyone for listening. Uh, if you are not a video person and you listen to Wednesday's episode and now you're here listening on Thursday, well... We greatly, greatly appreciate you. you. You have helped grow the podcast continually. And I know I say that a lot, but um, just on a personal note, like I remember listening to Andy Glockner do the ESPN podcast back when I was, before I had a full-time writing job. And I was I was waiting tables. I would, I would literally, I would download the ESPN college basketball podcast that Glockner hosted onto my computer. I would hook up my iPod download it onto my iPod, go to work, do, you know, go, go to the restaurant, do prep work, earbuds in. And, uh, you know, who would have ever thought that one day I'd be hosting one of these things. And we're talking, dude, we're talking like 2007 when this was happening, but Glockner was a real one. And he had, yeah, he had a really good podcast. Um, I bring that up to say, if you enjoy this, I'm right there with you. We try and give you a podcast for people that want to be entertained, but also informed that just like following the sport in any kind of capacity. So thank you again for listening and please do continue to subscribe. Whatever service you listen on, if there, if you are able to rate and review, just please continue to give us reviews. You can drop questions because as we get into March, these podcast services will promote you know, March Madness themed basketball podcast. And if the more engagement we get, just the more people that we can get out there. And, um, and thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We are also working on, we are working on trying to get like real, like cool shirts, like not like just ion college basketball, but there are more of us than there are of them. Or I want to get one with like a couple of Dodo birds on the front and maybe like on the, on the nape of the back of the shirt, just like a couple of camels going at it, like just stuff like that, subtle stuff. So we're still working on designs. They're not going to be ready in time for March, which was my initial hope, but we will get them done. So if, if we want to get some garb out there and we want to, but we want to do it right. And so that takes a, that takes a little bit of time there before we get into the questions. Uh, it's wonderful to have you back here, Kyle. Like it's, it's, it's terrific. So, um, please just as much as you'd like, you know, share with us, uh, how you're doing, how things have been. And, you know, you're going to be, a, uh, you know, you're going to make semi-regular appearances on the pod here as we, as we dip into March. But, you know, obviously our listeners know who you are. We gave updates occasionally when you were going through the, going in the hospital and in your second battle with cancer here. So floor is yours. Just, you know, update the audience. Cause I'm sure there's no shortage of people who are just genuinely curious about uh, how you're doing and how you've been. Oh, shoot. Well, I'll keep it quick then. Um, I'm good. I'm feeling a lot better. Uh, it's been like almost two weeks now since I got out of the hospital. Um, I'll have scans and blood work and all that stuff, kind of an update here in like three weeks. Um, and they're optimistic that I will be cured. I don't know for sure if I'll know the answer to that here in a couple of weeks, but um, they seem to be optimistic. So yeah, um, 
been pretty tough. Here's here's I'll I'll stand on I'll take my quick two seconds to just remind everyone who is watching on the YouTube channel right now. If you're a dude out there, let my case be a reminder, uh, an example to check yourself on a regular basis, once a month. Just check down there, make sure it feels all normal. Uh, if something doesn't feel normal, then go to your doctor. Um, so yeah, that's that's my uh, that's my quick spiel, I guess that I will uh, that I will take to uh, to remind everyone out there. As as my case is, uh, I guess people are becoming more aware of it. And uh, so yeah, that's 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 about it. I appreciate you asking, and uh, I don't want to take too much time giving everyone an update. But yeah. And listen, you, you're you are too humble, and we are thrilled that you are uh, back in the mix here, and very happy. Listen, David Cobb's way too good at picking games. Can't have this. Can't have it. Won't have it. He's done. We're going off on a high note. He'll be back on other episodes. I don't want him picking another game. All right. Don't want it. Agreed. Um, no, it's wonderful to uh, it's wonderful to have you back. And uh, yeah, man. Hopefully, just nothing but but great news going forward. And I'm just thrilled, genuinely thrilled, you're able to uh, hop on this episode. And I, I see people in the chat sending along such encouragement. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Kyle Boone is the best of us. Okay. The best of us. He is. And he needs to hear that in real time. Me saying it to him. So uh, appreciate you, buddy. Absolutely fantastic. All right. Let's get to some questions. I'm going to get to some of the ones that were asked on Twitter first. And I'll get to some ones in the live chat as well. We'll go, we'll go relatively rapid fire here. Okay. Like to be nimble. And we were way overdue for a, for a mailbag episode. GP likes doing them. He just doesn't love doing them. I think this is a lot of fun, and let's interact with the audience, right? Let's uh, let's hit on some stuff that maybe we wouldn't think to uh, to address, and we'll try and drop these in uh, uh, maybe a little more frequently. But obviously, like March gets so insane, we'll we'll try and do better about that in the off season. Do some mailbag stuff because obviously, especially in real time, if you're watching on the live feed, uh, there's a lot uh, there's a lot of reason why people would want to engage engage with that. Uh, one, not Alec ninety eight asked, did I miss a story about GP stepping on homeless people? If not, please tell. You did miss that story because that's not true. I stepped on a homeless person accidentally after the 2014 Final Four. Have told this story multiple times on the podcast. Will not be doing it again today. By the way, should I go? Should I go music bed right now? Yes. Yes, you should. Okay. That's Wait, you right. About this? That's right. You have this ready. I, I'm going. I'm going music bed. Hold on here. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Okay, here we go. How's that level right now? Not how we feeling with that. That's glorious. Let's keep it going. GP's not here. He's not going to complain. Again, he can't complain or anything else like that. He has a radio show. One of the very basic principal concepts of radio shows is that when you do like these these special segments, there's music beds. But on a podcast, God forbid we play a little bit of music. God forbid. Okay, next question. Should AD start thinking twice before hiring the famous alumnus for the head job? I'm not going to answer this one. I don't want to have to answer every single one. This is going to be all you, KB. The recent results with Howard, Penny, Ewing, Davis, etc. are not quite what they've been hiring quote, outside the family with latest examples of AD's going to Tommy Lloyd and Eric Musselman. That is from Marcus Watson, 44. Your thoughts, Kyle Boone? No, I don't I don't think you should rethink it. Um, I am I think I'm personally offended that Jawan Howard's noticed or mentioned here. Um, John Howard's been a really good coach. I think that was a pretty good hire. So, um, 
I, I do feel like the in the family hires are probably like overblown or over prioritized. Um, but you know, I, I think on a case by case basis, um, I think they're fine. So yeah. Okay. I'm seeing the comments. Music's a little too high. I'm adjusting in real time. I don't know if I'm breaking out the guitar on this episode. I have played guitar on the podcast in the past. That has happened. Don't know if that'll be today. If you want to really see Parrish Meltdown in real time, have me just pull down this Ivan SPF 10 right now. No, when he's on it. <laughs> I don't know if we'll do that. Uh, next question. Do it. Who wins an arm wrestling contest between Gary Parrish, CBS, Matt Neulander, and Nada the Scribe? By the way, if you want to follow Nada on Twitter and you want heavy Hornets content, I mean, I'm talking relentless Hornets takes at Nada the Scribe, N-A-T-A the Scribe. That is asked by the Mosque 3. Uh, I'm losing. Paris is stronger than me. And Nada, I've never met Nada in person, but he's he's definitely beating me. I, Nada, real quick for you, you versus GP arm wrestling. Who, who's winning that? Unless Gary Parrish has lifted a 200-pound ice sculpture in the last uh, 18 months, <laughs> he ain't winning. Love it. Love the GP... GP's always making fun of himself for his like odd body type, but as dead, a uh, literally dead arm, yeah, dead arm yeah. Gary Parish. I I will say as someone who's not mentioned here, um, I I think I would I would put GP at like minus two hundred uh, to potentially win here. Just low center of gravity, like he doesn't have to go far to get Nada. Like I, I think GP's GP's got the upper hand here. Sorry, Nada. I am disappointed in you. And remember all that draft stuff we talked about, all the draft content that we planned. Um, uh, that's going in the trash as soon as the show is over. <laughs> By the way, full and fully intend to have Kyle Boone more uh, prominently featured in draft podcasts, offseason stuff as well. Look forward to that once we get to April, May, especially June. Uh, next question comes from Trey S eight four two. What is your assessment of Hubert Davis's performance to date as UNC's head coach? All right, I'll take this one first. Yeah. I'm 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 not that critical. Uh, I actually think on, now had they not won the, the games they need to win like against a good opponents, absolutely. But UNC is twenty and eight, and Hubert Davis is first season ever as a head coach. It could have gone worse than this. We'll see what they get. They're at NC State on Saturday. They still have a healthy chance to make the NCAA tournament. Uh, they are twelve and five in the ACC. If UNC fans want to be a little bit frustrated, I, I get in and I, I don't reject that from where you're coming from as a UNC fan. I do understand that. But, I, man, I got to say, I think he has done a relatively decent job. Now, some of this has made uh, even more it's, – it's a starker contrast because you've got Tommy Lloyd in year one at Arizona going to be a one seed. You've got Mark Adams, who's probably on the two line right now at Texas Tech in his first season running a Division One program there. So there have been guys that have been stepping into new roles. But right now – I, I got to imagine the, you know, what's interesting is it feels like the Carolina fan base is more frustrated with its coach right now than who's another, like Indiana, Mike Woodson in his first season, but maybe, maybe the internet's out. Yeah. Internet out in Indiana right now. That might be affecting my, could be. Yeah, it might be the case. What are your thoughts on what Hubert's done through uh, for 28 games? Yeah, I, I think he's been fine. I think he's been fine. UNC's, you know, obviously fighting to get in some way, in, fighting to get into the NCAA tournament. So if you just take that, UNC's fighting to get in the NCAA tournament. I understand why UNC fans would be somewhat displeased 
for what's happened in year one under Hubert Davis. But the talent level isn't quite what you'd want. Um, so it's hard. To, I think it's hard to totally evaluate him and make any sweeping declarations. Can definitely understand some disappointment if they miss the NCAA tournament this year. Uh, but they have a real shot. I think in year one, there's there's been enough promise. I'm buying Huber Davis stock long term. I, I feel like it will end up working out and be okay. Okay. I think uh, I huh. Huber Davis long term stock. I think he's got a healthy chance. I, I'm not as negative on Davis as maybe some others at this point. I, I just think he's done a pretty good job here. And oh, by the way, Armando Baycott's like got a case to be like a third team All American right now. I don't think people realize how good. Now I know Carolina fans, maybe some people that are dialed in the ACC realize, but uh, because there have been so many good big men this year, Baycott and UNC's not been like firmly in the tournament picture. Baycott's been a little bit overlooked, a little bit, but he's been uh, he's been pretty solid. Um, all right. Kai Dad of Three asks, if the tourney started today, that'd be a problem. I mean, we'd have to really get things moving. But who would be your dark horse to win the whole thing? Let's be clear about these rules, all right? If we're talking dark horse, don't even get me on the difference between a sleeper and a Cinderella. Okay, that's a rant for another show. But there is a difference. Real ones know. Let's say, all right, bring up Palm's bracket. Dark horse to win the title can't be on the one, two, or three line. Okay. I'm going to say a three can't be a dark horse. Dark horse to win the title has got to be a four or worse. With that in mind, you go first, KB. You got to pick them to win. Your best dark horse. Who is it? Okay, I'm pulling it up here, but I, I just like to I just like to note um, that we both picked Purdue in the preseason to win it all. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. Not a, obviously not a dark horse. Yeah. No. I just I just wanted to to note that kind of pimp ourselves because I, I feel like that was, that was a, that was a pretty good preseason call. Not a lot of people were on Purdue, but we were definitely on that. Um, oh gosh, dark horse. So yeah. not, not at one, not a two, not a three. I'm one, two or three. Okay. Then that's, that's easy for me. Um, it's UCLA. They're on the four line right now. And Palm's line. bracket 20 and five. Um, Obviously, Arizona's kind of outshone them in 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 the Pac-12, but that that is a really good team. They were in the Final Four a year ago. They've got pretty much that entire roster back. They've been here before. Johnny Juzang. I'll just name all the players. That's a that's a really good team. To me, that would be like the the dark horse. I don't I don't feel like UCLA qualifies as a dark horse, but by that by that metric that you qualified, they do four line. Can I just say like? I am so I am so damn excited for the NCAA tournament. Oh yeah, we we are like uh, Captain Obvious Lord. I get all that, but like we're we're three weeks away basically. I cannot wait for this. I I am I am so genuinely excited to get this thing going again. It's uh, like, oh, man, I just I cannot wait. Finally, your, get back to the way that it was. Let's go. Who's your straight pick to win it all right now? Are you are you changing off of Purdue? From your preseason pick, or are you gonna stay, stick with it? Um, before you make your dark horse pick, stick with it for now. Ah, uh, stick with it for now. Yeah, I so badly wish Illinois is on the four line. Uh, are they three in Palm's bracket? They're three. Okay. Yeah. UCLA on the four has got to be the pick right here. I can't go Ohio. I can't go. I cannot go Texas, Ohio State, Tennessee on the four. There's just Tennessee doesn't have it. 
Tennessee's good. Tennessee can make the Final Four. It doesn't have it. Dude, Bama's on Bama's on, on Palm's four line right now. There's there, there, there's no shot. Like there, there's no shot. Oh, man, yeah, it's got to be UCLA. That's the pick. That's the dark horse right now. I think that's the most practical, logical one out there. Um, yeah, one, my one B pick would be probably Houston. Uh, looks like they're on the four yeah, line on the, five line actually. They're on the five. I. Yeah. It's got to catch up to him eventually, right? I don't it know. Did, I mean, in a way, it did. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Um, yeah, we'll see. All right. At Caleb Henry asks, do you guys see the success of the WCC this season continuing after this year? Will the gap between Gonzaga and the field ever thin? I may have – I haven't decided yet. A little peek behind the, the writer's mind here. I may have something on this very topic in next week's court report. I might. It depends on what we get over the next few games. I'm gonna I'm gonna push that off. You you answer it, KB. I won't answer. Success of the WCC will thin after this year. Remember, BYU is obviously going to the Big Twelve. Um, yeah, probably. I mean, B- BYU's pretty consistently been one of the best in the WCC, so I think it's probably inevitable. Um, the gap between Gonzaga and the field in the in the WCC will that thin? I I can't see that happening. Um, in fact, I kind of feel like Gonzaga, the gap between Gonzaga and the rest of the field is probably going to continue to widen. Um, they had, you know, a top 10 pick a year ago with Jalen Suggs. They're, they might have the number one pick in the draft this year with, with Chet Holmgren. Team players notice um, when you, when you get sent to the NBA draft. And I feel like this is just going to continue to snowball for Gonzaga. Mark Few, they're going to continue to recruit at a really, really high level. And they're the favorite to win the national championship right now. So um, if they win it all, I think that that even changes the paradigm even more. So, yeah, that, I, I, can't, I can't imagine the gap between Gonzaga and the rest of the WCC. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads. You've got the H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on those dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or the third-row seating gets your whole family in to experience the thrill together. The dual wireless charging pads make sure that no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead cell phone. Think about those adventurous activities you can do. Like me, taking a ski trip up with the family, maybe going on a camping expedition, anything and everything. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay. You guys are coming through with a lot of questions. I, we're not going to be able to get to all these, but this is great. This is the exact thing that I'm looking for. We got a lot of really, really good questions here. And if there are some that you ask that don't get that don't get answered today, keep them in mind for the next time. They could they could apply just as relevantly for a, another one of these. I did just see in real time Norlander, who is the hardest coach to interview in terms of like 
gives the worst answers. That's I don't know. Rephrase the question, Myron Goodman. So I know what what exactly are you saying? The hardest coach to get? That's obvious. It's Mike Krzyzewski. We're talking about the hardest coach to actually like get a productive interview from. Like they don't give you a lot. There's a lot of different uh, potential answers there. Uh, we got one on Twitter, and then I'll get to the live ones here. Last one was. Uh, for the people who have only started listening to the pod within the past year or so and haven't heard the background of the intro and outro shoutouts, could you give a brief history for them just as a fun segment for the end of the pod just to break away from basketball? So obviously Parrish does the intro and outro shoutouts. He uh, he can more speak to this. This did happen organically, but if you're like, if you're wondering why every episode starts, hey there, it's Gary Parrish, it's Wednesday. Because there's a rhythm to this, right? My man does radio five days a week. He has got a process to this. So it, it helps him start and it helps him end. Kyle and I might go awkward pause to end this this mailbag episode, okay? We might we might just we just might go awkward pause and that's it. We're, who knows where this plane's going? But Parrish is more, all right, let's structure it this way, structure it this way. I like to get a little bit of a messy there. I like to have a little bit of mess with it, you know, a little more free flow and loose. But it's that it's that give and take that makes the pod work so well. And then when we really get off the track, really get off the track, well, those are some incredible moments. Um, the shouts truly stem back to, like a lot of people listening know exactly where I'm going with this. But if you have started to watch or listen to this podcast in the past month, two months, six months, like seven years ago, maybe six years ago, we randomly got onto the topic of Kentucky winning the championship in 2012 and Calipari and they lost against South Carolina. And we could not remember who the small dude playing at South Carolina was in real time on the podcast. We couldn't, we couldn't recall. We were just like, who is that? Who is the guy who, who, who did that? So some minutes later, we realized it was Devin Downey. And so then, um, it might have been Parrish, it might have been me. I'm not sure who actually said the words, shouts to Devin Downey first on this podcast. It might have been him, it might have been me. But in that episode, we got a shout to Devin Downey. Just like, shouts to Devin Downey, man. Remember Devin Downey? Remember how awesome that dude was? And so that's how it essentially started. And then little by little, you know, he, he added names. So you, this is more of a parish question, but I at least wanted to address it for people that are curious why the podcast starts the same way and ends the same way. It also helps, you know, get it off the ground and, and get it back on. So that's basically uh, that's basically that. All right. You want to go to uh, ones in real time here? Let's do it. Okay. Nada has uh, starred some for me. Um, what do you think about Steve Ford? A.A. Abid, I hope I'm saying your name correctly. What do you think of about Steve Forbes as a Wake candidate, uh, of Wake as a candidate for the Maryland job? Um, no. I mean, nothing's. I, I think Louisville would make more sense. I, I would have to think that Steve Forbes would be on the shortlist for consideration for Louisville, but we will wait and see. The Louisville athletic director said to, I believe, Jeff Greer recently, he said, listen, it is, I'm going to paraphrase this, but he said, uh, we're not waiting until the end of the tournament to to hire our next coach. We're going to try and get that done as soon as possible after our season ends, which indicates to me that Kenny Payne, who has been viewed as the front runner, probably still that. Not saying Kenny Payne will be the coach, but he is a logical, uh, a logical person there. Um, next question. I have a theory. This is from Brian. I have a theory that Strongjaw was listening to the pod last week, figured out that a GP lost his phone, and then called the driver had the driver male GP sewn to him, KB is now extorting him. Huh. <laughs> Extortion. I, I would... Know Paris is returning to the podcast, so anything's possible. Don't even I know would... if he's got his phone. 
I would never extort an, a fellow bald bro. That is that is uh, that is rule number one of of being bald. You don't you don't extort another fellow bald bro. But uh, yeah, I, I think there's been a lot of questions about where GP is and and uh, so yeah, he's he's good. He's alive. He's got his phone. Yes. Yeah. I he believe has, he's got his phone. I Does don't. Have I, don't I don't know that. Okay. I assumed he. Probably this dude. Did that. I can't believe he did that. I can't believe he was willing to not have his phone overnight. Hopefully he'll be back on the Friday show to, to give an update. Over under six and a half minutes. Nada, over under six and a half minutes, Paris telling the story of how he got the phone back. Well over. I'm planning on making a video on demand. Oh. Like there's going to be, there may be some additional content involving GP story times from this season. I haven't figured out all the effects and the graphics yet, but it's coming. Please believe that. Paramount Plus coming soon. Oh boy. Love it. Kevin Breen asks for the mailbag. Can we talk uh, mid majors, preferably ones Norlander hasn't talked about already, that have a shot at the second weekend in March? Mid majors with a shot at the second weekend in March that we haven't talked about already. Got a thought? Who springs to mind for you? Uh, Murray stayed immediately. We haven't talked about him. They clearly do. Okay. Okay. I, I thought they were probably included in that. Yeah. Murray State for sure. They're they're twenty six and two. They haven't lost in the year of our Lord two thousand and twenty two. That is a very good basketball team. Uh, the Rays I think would be my easy pick as a mid major that can go to the second weekend. What about you? Well, Murray State's twenty six and two. Yeah, just like let that sink in. Yeah, huge. Oh, actually, that reminds me. I said I would. Oh, this is now a Thursday. Listen, this is a, the mailbag is going in the feed on Thursday. If you're watching live on Wednesday, you're good. I actually said I would talk about Murray's, Murray State Belmont. They play Belmont Thursday. Humongous game. Huge. Belmont's at-large case could rest on this game because Murray can lose this game and still be a projected at-large team, in my opinion. If Belmont can win and split, it'll be 25-5. and five. Trivia time! Hmm. I'm so used to getting the okay, okay, okay. Okay, okay. Okay, okay. All right. Since the start of the 2019-20 season, who are the winningest programs in men's Division I college basketball? Belmont's on this list. I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I've got eight of them here. Okay. Can you get who? The winningest. Won the most games since 2019-20. Gonzaga. Belmont's on the list. Gonzaga. Number one, Gonzaga's one. Yes. Yep. Uh, Baylor. Number two. Okay. Belmont is number three. Belmont. Okay. That I, that one I would not have guessed. San Diego State. Number seven on the list. Look at okay. you. Let's go. The Cobb of trivia time. Some might say. Okay, that was a good one. I'm proud of that one. Oh, this gets tricky. Texas Tech. No. Okay. Mm. There's another Texas school in here, though. Oh. I, did I guess Baylor? You did. There's another okay. Texas school in here. Okay. Oh, Houston. There we go. Number okay. four yeah. on the list. Yeah. Gonzaga one, Baylor two, Belmont three, Houston four, yep. San Diego State seven. Need three more teams. One of them is obvious. Duke. Two. No. Mm. 
One of them is obvious. Kansas. Correct. Okay. Kansas. One, two more. One Ooh. is in a power conference. One is a mid-major. Kentucky. No. Okay. Power conference team is not... It's not springing to mind immediately. Okay, but, can I ask which conference? Throw me a life one. Not in the Eastern or Central time zone. Okay. Mm. Oh, UCLA. Southern California. Southern Cal. Okay. Yeah. They're eight, yeah. and then you're not going to get five. No, I won't. Liberty. Uh, Liberty. Wow. Okay, Liberty. that one. That Those are the eight so winningest programs since the start of the 1920 season pre-pandemic by the way um but yeah murray state's one north tech to answer the question north texas is another north texas will be featured in next week's court report i've already talked to grant mccaslin but we'll put that we did a little wyoming this week and uh and north texas is another one we'll have, to have more of that kind of talk once we get closer by the way once we get closer to uh to the start of the tournament uh justin nicosia Asks, is GP secretly Mick Cronin? I've never seen both of them at the same place at the same time. Makes you it's think. honestly disturbing. And this is where, like, I wish we need to have the ability to, like, we're talking about this, and then we get the side-by-side -side right now. We don't have that. It's disturbing how closely these two look like each other. Do we have a picture of them together? Because we need that for sure. I have been in the same room with both of those men at the same time. I can attest that they're not the same person. Same height, though, right? Like, pretty close? If you could tell me I could switch out Parrish as the co-host for Mick Cronin, I would do it in an instant because I want to see Gary Parrish try and run a Division One men's basketball program. Oh, yes. Be glorious. Be absolutely glorious. Logan Murphy asks, what does Creighton need to do down the stretch to make the tournaments? Uh, the answer to this question always is win games, but uh, more, speci more specifically... Uh, well, if you're listening on Thursday, Creighton has already played at St. John's. If you're watching live on Wednesday, that's going to happen tonight. Beat St. John's. You got St. John's on the road, Providence on the road. UConn, Seton Hall at home. You want to feel good? Go three out of go three and one in that stretch. Three and one, and you are sitting way pretty. Two and two. Maybe we got some entry going into the Big East tournament. Uh, Creighton has won five games in a row, but only one of those five wins have come over an NCAA tournament team in Marquette. Um, Jonathan Phipps asks, what's the most memorable college basketball games you've ever attended? Oh, I mean, I was at the Jenkins. Uh, what do you like? It's the title games. Uh, you know, the Jenkins shot in 2016 is super memorable. Yeah. I've been at a lot of them. I mean, uh, I'm going to be going to one next weekend. I'm going to be at Coach K's final home game. So that'll be, by the way, it's going to be a madhouse. Um, you got an answer? Um. As a fan, I think probably the most memorable game I've ever been to college basketball was probably Bedlam. Gosh, what year was it? The Trey Young year. Um, mm -hmm. I think Trey Young dropped like 48 points and OSU won. I'm an OSU fan, so uh, OSU grad. And that was, that was a fantastic atmosphere. It was very fun to be in the building for. But yeah, probably outside that, I mean working the the final fours that i've gone to uh i think that was the san antonio final four and then minneapolis those games those were all memorable too for sure okay, i'm gonna i'm gonna follow up that uh question before I, i'm i'm seeing it now it's saying in terms of getting 
actual good intel from coaches who's the hardest mm, yeah like i guess i have to i have to answer this in an on the record capacity um mm. hardest on the like okay well obviously like the answer to this is callen shashevsky um like yeah. Mike Krzyzewski is he's earned everything that has come to him and all this praise. And I understand he's a polarizing figure because he coaches at Duke, but uh, there is a, there is an element to Krzyzewski that um, when he retires, like I'm not going to miss, like he's just, you can't, he is, he is, he is the one coach even more than Cal. Cal has some of this as well, where there's just not access to him. Like other coaches, I can call Bill self right now. I can call Tom Izzo right now i can call scott drew right now i can call tommy lloyd call mark few i can call like those coaches make themselves available to members of the media the in ways that mike krzyzewski just doesn't that's fine i don't have an i don't doesn't it doesn't even bother me i completely understand it but uh college basketball now is also not as big as it was when mike krzyzewski really made his name so in some ways he is also a coach of a different era and i wonder if that era might be permanently behind us i would argue it probably uh should be but you know, Duke and Kentucky are also the two biggest programs, and and it's certainly understandable there um, with all of that. In terms of like, I'd say like some of the coaches that are like there's and there's nothing wrong with this. They're just kind of blandish quotes. Like Dana Altman at Oregon's not going to give you a he's not going to give you a ton. Um, I think other coaches in power conferences. Weirdly, and like Greg Gard's like a fine guy to talk with. Uh, not going to give you like the most riveting quotes, uh, you know, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. I actually like, again, going back to what we talked about uh, with Dan Hurley, I like that college basketball has so many different kinds of, like so many different people from different walks of life find themselves leading and guiding a division one program. And I like how much, how much diversity there is with that in terms of where these people have come from. Uh, in addition to the fact that the sport is getting better at actual, you know, true diversity and last year, um, in the wake of everything that we had with, uh, with George Floyd and, and all of that, you know, men's college basketball actually proactively hired more, uh, minority coaches than, than I think probably ever in any off season. So that's also a, a very, very good thing. Um, but for the most part, just to, I'd say most coaches are pretty good on the record. A lot of them are very good off the record. You know, I wish a lot of these guys would like would be the more a lot of them are their their authentic selves. I just wish they would be more their authentic selves. They get I understand it. You're running a program, you're representing a school, but like sometimes coaches will say stuff and 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 in order to maintain uh you know relationships, you don't want to like if they could say something's off the record, I don't have to agree to it. You know, that's that's happened a couple of times where a coach has given me something like, you know, off the record. I'm like, dude, that's perfectly fine. And I'm going to take it on the record. You're not you know, you're not going to get blowback for saying something like that. I wish they would be more like that. But of course, you know, it is it is what it is. Um, I want to get one that KB can answer here. Who wins? Are you answer this one? I'm not involved in this. Who wins in a two versus two? Is this a fight? Is this a pickup game? What are we talking about? Rostin and Parrish. Against me and Cobb, if it's picked up, I feel like this is a. I feel like this is a one. Like this has got to be two on two half court. Yeah, it's yeah. Got to be two on two half court. Game, uh, it's right? it's me and Cobb. I'm I'm the best basketball player. I'm 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 a you six think? three. I'm a six three mini Dirk. Like, what do you want from me? Yeah, I was I was gonna pick Norlander and Cobb for sure, just because Norlander. People for people don't know Norlander is super tall, six three. I'm, six, like, three. I'm not super tall, but I'm not. Uh, you know, I'm not. I'm not Paris. I'm not like five four. 
Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how tall Rothstein is, but Rothstein's I, got height. It's 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 Rothstein's trying to he's he's backing me down on the post. Rothstein. Okay. Yeah. I feel like Rothstein's six two. I don't know Cobb's height. Do we have any kind of idea on David Cobb's height? I don't. I'm going five uh, eleven for Cobb. Blind blind guess. Yeah, but I, I think he could he could easily erase whatever GB brings to the table. So yeah. I'm taking your side. Okay. Yeah. I think we got I think we got that. Um Cooper Sadowski asks, should the Mac get a slight bit more love? Seem to be on the WCC tier, in my opinion. Minus Gonzaga, obvi. Buffalo beats Arizona, six seed year later. Ohio beats Virginia, Toledo often good. There's something to that. Um, we don't talk a ton of Mac on the pod, so I'm happy to do it. And this is why uh, I hope you enjoy these mailbag little specials as well, because it gets into this exact kind of territory. How about this with the Mac? So Toledo right now, 22 and six. Ohio's 23 and five. Kent State's actually kind of come on as of late. Rob Senderhoff, one of the more underrated mid-major coaches in the game. Kent State has not lost in more than a month. Mac tournament could get a little bit juicy. The Mac traditionally, this is actually not the case this year. I brought up the Ken Palm page. Usually the Mac will have a couple of top 100 teams and then almost everyone else will be squeezed between like 120 and 205. Um, this year, it's got some bad teams. Western Michigan's bad. Uh, Eastern Michigan is bad. Northern Illinois is bad. Central Michigan is bad. That's now A lot of those have first-year coaches. Uh, but the Mac is traditionally like in that top three tier outside of the, what I define as multi-bid conferences, which would be WCC, A10, Mountain West. Then you get into the Mac is usually somewhere like 11, 12, 13. It actually ranks 20th overall. It's a little bit down this season, but Toledo, Ohio, uh, Toledo, I shouldn't say Toledo, Ohio. That's literally a city. Toledo, comma, Ohio, comma, Kent State, all have the capability. Buffalo is actually really good as well. It's got a, a, a Jonathan Williams and Josh Mbala are really good players. Um, Buffalo has been slightly underperforming this year, but, uh, but yeah, they perhaps the max should get more run than it does, but it is having a down year. Last year it was 12th overall year before 12th year before that ninth year before that 13, 13, 12, 11. Like it, it is in that tier, uh, but this is a, an aberrationally down year for the league. Any thoughts, KP? Yeah, I think I think we view them just below probably the WCC tier only because we view Gonzaga as Gonzaga, excuse me, as just, there we go. They'll find you. They'll find you. As They're perennially not, just a power. Logs, okay. Yeah, I got to keep correcting myself there, uh, but that's why. That's why it, it, there's always a few really good teams that come out of the MAC. I, I always feel like Buffalo's pretty good. They're always in the mix. Um, but that's that's probably all. I, I would I still view them below the WCC tier. But um, yeah, that's kind of what I think. All right, good deal. Um, fire one more. Fire them right in the chat right now. Two or three, and then we're getting out of here. I want to I want to see them pop up here. Uh, Matt, why do you roll your eyes every time a Memphis question topic comes up on the podcast? Untrue. I'm actually more willing to talk about Memphis on this podcast than Parrish probably. Parrish has to talk about that program every single day. You think he yeah. wants to talk about it on this podcast? I mean, he's not averse to it, but he's not like looking to do it. He's not like, listen, topic two, it's Memphis. Buckle in 23 minutes. That's not how it goes. I don't mind. I don't mind. Side note, uh, talked with, I briefly talked with Elgin Bates on Tuesday. Uh, Amani Bates practiced for the first time since mm. his back on Tuesday. I don't know if and when he's going to return, but he has practice. He returned to practice. So we'll, so we'll, uh, so we'll see. Um, I like this question. You answer this, KB. 
Sam Wingen, Big Ten with no title since 2000. Is this a product of poor luck and a high-variance event, or are there legitimate factors in play hindering the conference's ability to win it all? By the way, Pac-12 hasn't won since 97. Uh, it's the former, for sure. They've had they've had a ton of really good teams. They just haven't been able to get over the top, obviously. Michigan comes to mind as, as someone who's been really close. Purdue's had a ton of really good teams the last few years. They just haven't been able to, to make the run that at least I, I think they're capable of. Maybe this year will change. Um, yeah, I mean, Michigan State is always in the mix. Like, I, I, to me, it's just sometimes you get lucky and you make it all the way, and sometimes you don't. Just that it's just a it's a funny Big Ten stat that's that is stuck with the league. Obviously, high variance event. It's yeah. major factor. The great thing about the NCAA tournament is the very nature of how it is built. Yeah. You have to win. You have to win at least six in a row. Not a lot of people realize that. People forget. Win six in a row to win a title. People forget. I know. People forget. They forget. Uh, Kevin Breen asked, do I miss the fake Norlander stories from Apple reviews? No, those got ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> but I do appreciate our fan base for doing that. Um, I, I, I do appreciate that. James Horton asked, any news on more IARP decisions? No, but I got to be honest. In like October, I thought we would have Memphis's decision by now. And now yeah. part of me believes that we're not getting it. Not part of me. All of me believes we're not getting that until after the season. And we'll get them. And then the IARP, IARP is expected to to go the way of the Dodo. Okay. Um, I don't think that's going to be a thing that exists once these cases get resolved. Because there's been a whole, you know, restructuring the NCAA con Constitution and all of that. Um, so keep that in mind. Uh, David... Jadeka, hopefully I got that name right. Dream job if you weren't doing this. This is kind of the dream job. Oh, for sure. This is the dream job. Yeah. I would say. It is. If I wasn't doing this, like something I'm capable of doing, because the dream job might be uh playing the know, guitar. Hopping on those hopping on those drums right there. But that's not it's not realistic. So you know, this is this is basically it's now it's it's legitimate work. I mean, this live podcast has gone over 90 minutes. I still got to finish this court report. Got a three-year-old coming home from pre-K soon. Whew. Tricky one there. But no, this is uh, this is pretty much it. I got to be honest. Um, any other ones I can get to before we get out of here? That eh, might be it. Most likely power six team to steal a bid in their conference tourney. We'll wrap with that one. To steal a bid. So you're not in. Who's going to be the, the power six team? No, let's go. Let's go through it real quick here, KP. Big East. There's no bid thief situation there. By the way, court report plug. Oregon State's won three games this year. It's the worst ever for a team that made the Elite Eight the following season. But if you want to see the other worsts ever, check out the court report. Um, okay, so Big East is a no. Let's go. Let's go in order. Big 12. Anyone can we see like Oklahoma, no. or Virginia bid thiefing? No, State. can't see it, right? Nope, nope. SEC bid thief situation. I no, I don't right? believe so. Yeah, no, you're not seeing Mississippi State, Florida, Mm-mm. not to mention like Texas AM, South Carolina, Georgia. Oh boy, that's a mess there. Um, Big Ten. Maryland coming out of nowhere. Minnesota ref- refining its footing. Nope. Michigan. Is Michigan a bid thief situation if it makes a Big Ten title game? Probably not, right? 
No. No, I don't think so. No bid thief situation there. Yeah. We did Big East. All right, Pac-12. I can see it. Yeah, I could see that. See, Oregon. Um, Oregon, Oregon right? yeah. <laughs> They're 17 and 10. Oregon's got its opportunities here. Oregon's next two games are UCLA and USC. They play UCLA on Thursday night. Then they've got Washington and Washington State on the road. Not that they're going to go 4-0, but if Oregon goes 4-0 in that stretch, they're in the tournament again. So let's remove Oregon from the conversation. Conceive, I could I could see Colorado. I could see Washington State. I could see it. That's the most likely conference in which I could envision it happening. Agreed? Or ACC. Yeah, I think that's probably right. Um, it's it's probably the Pac-12. You've got Arizona at the top, UCLA, USC. Um, you know, if if Oregon does it or Colorado does it, that wouldn't totally surprise me. Yeah, I think that's right. ACC's got a shot. Like, if Virginia loses to... It's so funny. I'm saying, like, in the future, people are going to be listening to this on Thursday, so Virginia's already played Duke. But if Virginia loses to Duke on Wednesday... Not going to be in the tournament picture. Right. Certainly possible. Syracuse in March. Hello. Uh, Virginia Tech, preseason projected tournament team, has won six of its past seven. Possible. I actually, you know what? Give me the ACC more likely than than the Pac-12. There's a chance, but I will say we will have no bid thieves in any of the six biggest leagues this season. I agree. I agree. Hey, this was a lot of fun. Not as telling us to go home. We better go home. Is he saying we got to get out of here? He said, let's go. Oh, wow. Home. He, he really wants to get out of here. <laughs> Nada, you got this. Thank you to everyone for watching in real time on Wednesday. Thank you to everyone for listening and downloading. Please, if you have not already, do subscribe to the YouTube channel. And we appreciate you so much. If you appreciated the mailbag episode, let us know in the comments. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts, all that good stuff. We'll be back on Friday. And yes, Gary Parrish will be here for that episode. Thank you and talk to you soon. Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance, avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is the next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You don't want to find out. Mayor of Kingstown, new season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount Plus.